Welcome to the Parents Place Podcast. I'm Hillary. And I'm Jen. And we're excited to have you guys. Uh, Jen is back. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> we told you last week that she was out in Santa California. We're excited that she has returned and that she gets to be with us today. Jen, anything fantastic that you did on your trip? I got to see the ocean, which is always, I got to spend a little bit of time there, which is always a good resetting for me. Ah, darn you, Utah. If only you had a beach. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a mucky brown lake, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we love our mountains. We sometimes love our snow, but I love a good beach too. Mm -hmm. So if we could just add that to our state. I think we had it perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, um, Jen sent me, so about a week ago, Jen sent me an article and, and asked me, you know, do you think we should talk about this in the podcast? And I read the title of it. All I had to do was read the title of it. And I was like, yes, yes. A hundred times. Yes. <laughs> like this needs to be talked about. So we'll go ahead and put the link um, in the notes so that you guys can read through this entire article. But it's an article that came out in the New York Times. And the title of it is that a new report confirms that most working parents are burned out. And, and I don't know about you guys, but you know, for our listeners out there, um, whether you're a working mom or not, I think you're shaking your head right now thinking, yeah, I am. I mean, we didn't need a study to know that, right? <laughs> we are burned out. And so I'm really excited to share with you some of the things that I took away from this that hopefully will help you guys as well too. Um, but just to kind of start us out, it says in the beginning of this article that 66% of working parents met this criteria for, for parental burnout. And, and granted, this study was done back in 2001. So we were kind of in the midst of COVID at that point, which I know for a lot of people was an, an extra stressful time of their lives. But the thing that they kind of stated in this article was that, you know, parental burnout is here to stay. <laughs> Just because COVID is, you know, I don't know if we can even use the word done, because I don't think we're done here. I don't think we're anywhere near being done. But um, they did say that, you know, just because the lockdown of the pandemic is over, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are um, back to uh, rays and sunshine. I mean, burnout's still definitely a part of many parents' lives, particularly those parents that are working. Um, so maybe let's start here. Let's get to the bottom of what exactly do you feel like burnout is? Let's try to define that because I think that that's a term that we oftentimes use in family life and maybe we don't necessarily know what it means. So what do you think, Jen? What, what would you say burnout looks like? Well, before I answer that, I had some thoughts about what you were talking about with burnout and, and the pandemic. And I think even though we are still in that midst of pandemic, we still have to worry if we have COVID, we have to still test our kids if they've been exposed and all that stuff. But I also think just the, the overall environment of 
society of what's going on with inflation and gas prices mm. and you know worries if we're going to enter another war and all of that other stuff i think that is just it weighs heavy on everyone but i i think it weighs a little bit more on parents because now these are conversations that they've had probably have to talk with their kids about so of mm-hmm. course that's going to be overwhelming yeah and, and you're so, right i mean i feel like we've had a lot of side effects based on COVID that aren't going away. I mean, we're always going to view probably healthcare in a different eye. And Mm -hmm. for many parents, COVID hit and we started working from home or doing a hybrid and that hasn't changed. And so I feel like even though we're, you know, not reporting the numbers every 10 minutes on the news, we still have an ever-changing world because of this. And even when it's completely eliminated, if it ever is, there's always going to be a new stress that's going to be a part of our lives. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, stress levels, though they may fluctuate to a degree, never completely leave, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish they would. I wish there could be a calm, but um, <laughs> it's always going to be with us. So I think it's good to be able to recognize what that is. And I think um, that burnout is when you just get exhausted of even doing the bare minimum with your kids. Um, it's that not only physical exhaustion, it's the mental and emotional. And I think that probably takes a bigger toll on parents. I don't, I'm not sure, but I would think that emotional and mental would take a bigger toll than physical. But as I think about it, that it's just a domino effect. You start having those emotional and um, mental exhaustion. And then of course your body's going to start to feel it. So it's just a domino effect. Yeah. I am no physician by any means, but you're right. Everything's linked together, right? So when you've Mm -hmm. had an emotionally exhausting day, you feel it, you feel it in your limbs, you feel it in your bones. (laughs) You are ready to crawl into bed and, and you may not have necessarily done any physical exercise exertion, but you feel it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they are, everything is somewhat linked together, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, as I was looking at this article, it talked about, um, these different symptoms and, and essentially how they affect our daily functioning, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's when, when we know that it's really hit is we're going to have hard days and stressful days. And, and then those days we can recover from, or even though we're under some stress, we're still able to kind of maintain. But when we get to the point where we can't handle our day-to-day activities and functions to the point, like you said, where we're just too, it's too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, definitely we have reached that burnout level. Well, the article also talked about feeling fatigued and getting irritable and lack of sleep or changing your mood and your appetite and things like that. You're more likely to snap at your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, All of those things are, are signs. And I think 
you know, hopefully lots of parents are realizing that this is normal. This is not, I mean, if they're finding that 66% of parents are in that burnout rate, this is normal. And hopefully that validates a lot of our listeners' feelings that it's okay. Um, the next step from realizing if we have this parental burnout is to figure out what to do about it. Um, and so I think the first step in that is just acknowledging of I, I'm exhausted. I'm not liking my kids more often. And to say that you don't like your kids is okay. Um, you're always going to love them, but some days you just don't like them. <laughs> It's okay. But um, just first recognizing. So what else do you think that parents can do besides just recognizing the fact that they have that parental burnout? Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like, you know, it's funny because I feel like our society is getting better, in my opinion. I mean, we've still got a ways to go, but I think we're getting better in and being open and honest with each other, because I think that, uh, you know, uh, previous to this, you kind of had this, this facade as moms that I've got it, like, I've got it, I've got it together. Everything's fine. We don't have a problem at our house. Everybody else might, but we, we're good. We're good. Like I can do this. And I feel like as moms and dads, I mean, we'll throw dads in there as well, too, because obviously they feel this too, but it's hard, hard to admit that you're struggling, Mm -hmm. especially as a parent, because I think sometimes, especially with social media and TV and all of these other, um, you know, avenues that tend to falsify motherhood and fatherhood it makes it seem like it's so easy to everybody but me. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And so I love the idea that you're saying, it's okay. It's okay to admit, like, oh, my kids are driving me bananas. <laughs> and I've lost my cool with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I maybe don't want to see them today. <laughs> you know, all those sorts of things are things that I think we've all said in our head before. And I think we just need to get comfortable enough to be able to say it out loud. And yeah. I think that's another thing to that we need to work on getting at is finding those support systems where we can say those words out loud, um, whether that be friends or family or neighbors um, or coworkers, right? To be able to say, I'm struggling. I need help. I can't do this alone anymore. Um, that's a big step to take. That's a hard yeah. step to take. But I it think- reminds me of a, it reminds me of a clip from Desperate Housewives, when that was on way back when, when one of the moms was having a really hard time and just crying and her other friends come up to her and say, we're in the same boat. And she's like, then why don't you talk about it? And so I I do feel like we've gotten better. We have a lot more room to go, but um, asking for help is, is surely one of the greatest strengths we can have, I think. 
it takes a strong person to reach out and say, I need a little bit of help. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's, I think when we get to the point of doing that, you'll be amazed how validating that is because you'll have other parents that say, man, me too, (laughs) right? When you have the courage to say that, you're usually not alone. There's usually other people that will, it just takes that one brave person, yeah. <laughs> that one person to initiate that conversation. And then you'll realize that you're in good company. There's a lot of other people and you'll be, the exact same way. Yeah. And you'll be surprised at how many people come to run to help you. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people that want to help your support system. If they know people are going to run to come help you. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I heard people that have used this visual before and you talk about being a mom, a mother or a father um, and how you're always kind of juggling all these different balls, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's only so many things you can juggle. And so you guys know that I've got four little ones myself and and I've always worked to some degree, whether that be full-time or part-time work, I've always worked. Um, in this stage of life where I've been raising my kids. And what I have found is that it's, it's really hard to multitask. And we, we've discussed this, Jen and I, this ability to multitask and how it's, again, one of those facades. <laughs> because the reality is, is that if you're trying to do more than one thing at the same time, your attention is being divided. So you don't have your full attention on one thing. And I've found that I can be really good at at one thing at a time, which means that sometimes those other balls are going to drop and that's okay. You know, there's uh, sometimes when I'm scheduling out my week or even my hours, I'll schedule out an hour for my kids. And guess what? I'm going to be really good at spending those time with my kids for that hour. But then I've got to move on to the next hour and that hour has to be devoted to work, which means guess what? My kids have to maybe potentially do some independent play at that point. I may not be fully engaged in what they're doing at that point, but the reality is is that sometimes those balls take precedence over others. And so I think it's important for parents to realize that we can't always devote 100% of ourselves to everything. We can't always be perfect at the cooking and the cleaning and the work and raising the children and spending time with our partner. There's times where we're going to have to put those other things to the wayside and focus on certain things and then move those things and focus on different things. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked in this article how it just gave little things that you can do of like pitching in with childcare, finding friends that you can trade uh child care with um and also you know if you find that you have friends and things that all go to dance or all go to soccer or whatever the case may be you know carpool so you do have that little bit of break And make sure that sometimes in that little bit of a break, take care of yourself. Do something you want to do. Yeah, my kids joke with me because we've got about five different carpools, depending on the activity and event that's (laughs) happening. And my little girl said to me one time, 
mom, are we ever going to stop doing carpool? And I said to her, no, never will we ever. (laughs) I mean, she granted, she loves it when it's my turn to drive. And obviously, I mean, everybody else isn't as fantastic as me, I guess. But even though, yeah, do I drive any better than anybody else? No. But I said to her, you know what? Carpool is a really helpful thing for moms and dads. And so, yeah, we'll probably do this till you're driving yourself, right? (laughs) So be prepared for another uh, seven years of carpool, sweetie. Yeah, but it is, it's little, right? It gives me 10, 15 extra minutes in my day, but those 10 or 15 extra minutes are like pure gold to be able to know that I can take care of something else. I can juggle one of those other balls while somebody else is taking care of the other one for me at that time. It's it's fantastic. (laughs) So uh, why, why do you think we see this so much more often um, with working moms where this study was kind of focused on working parents being burned out, which I want our listeners to understand that obviously we're not discounting those individuals that are not working because I think that um, you stay at home parents. I mean, it's obviously burnout is definitely um, there and definitely a possibility for our stay at home parents. But what do we what do you think you see with working moms and moms and dads and, and why so much more? Well, I think sometimes it's just that the, it's hard to put down work and be at home. Um, it takes skill and practice to be able to say, okay, work is work and I'm leaving it there. And when I'm home, I'm just going to take care of what I need to at home. But a lot of times I think working moms, they leave work, but then they're just as busy when they get home. And that is taking their kids to all of their activities and Um, making sure they're getting their homework done. And then, you know, you got dinner to make and then you've got your bedtime routine. And so it just doesn't stop when they get home. Mm. Uh, That's my thought process. Yeah. And, you know, I, we are blessed with so much technology these days that is both a blessing and a curse, right? Because I think it's so easy to take work home with you now as well, too. Mm-hmm. We've got our cell phones, which means that we are still connected to work, essentially, if we have our emails on our phones or if, um, you know, we're in a position where we're answering calls after hours. It's and, and that's something that's been really hard for me as a working mom is to find that divide because you are constantly torn between well, I got a few extra minutes, so I'll just hurry and respond to that email or so-and-so contact me. I'll just hurry and write back. Right. And so it is, it's kind of finding that balance between this is the home life. This is the work life. And uh, when, and should they mix Mm -hmm. (laughs) from time to time? Mm -hmm. I noticed when we went to working from home and, you know, my computer and my desks in my bedroom, So it's always there in my face because my husband's desk is in the living room and his computer is out there. So I'm always seeing a computer. But I also noticed that I would take days off 
and I work from home on Mondays and Fridays, and those are the days that I normally take off. And um, I'm like, well, my computer's here. I can attend that meeting. That's not a big deal. And oh, well, there's that little meeting in the afternoon. I can attend that too, because I'm just taking a day off. So then your day doesn't, your day's not a takeoff day. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's another thing is our computers are in our face when we're at home still. And so we just think, oh, I can do this little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, I think one of the things that's really hard for me is, and, and granted, I love, I love working. I love my job. I find a lot of satisfaction from doing it. And that's why I continue to. But I think although I feel a great sense of satisfaction, there's always going to be a little bit of guilt. Uh, guilt that, you know, why couldn't I attend that event with my child? Or I had to miss that um, that practice for them. Or, you know, I, I can't be the volunteer at the school during the day because I have, obviously, uh, responsibilities in my career. And so I feel like there's always a small portion of me that feels guilty. And it's hard because then when my kids get home, I'm like, okay, this is 100% you. <laughs> I am going to focus solely on you. And guess what that means? That means that I put all of my needs on the back burner because I always feel like, you know, I have worked. That's my thing. And now it's time for my kids. But the reality is, is that it's really easy to let go of that self-care and that me time when you do have those guilty feelings as a working parent. And we've yeah. talked about self-care before and how important it is. That, mm -hmm. That's not the thing that we want to let go. That can't be the ball that constantly gets dropped. Yeah. And that self-care, you can do little things throughout the day. I mean, mindfulness is a big thing and I know it's the big topic right now, but it re does really work of just being in the moment um, one of my favorite mindfulness activities is just stopping for a minute and saying, okay, what are five things that I can hear? What are five things I can feel? What are five things I can smell, taste, or touch? And that just clears your mind, lets you be in the moment. And sometimes you get a little bit of a smile while you're doing it because you're like, oh, I smell, you know, when the trees are blooming or you hear something funny that the kids are saying, something like that, that just is, brings you down and brings you into the moment. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite mindfulness activities. Yeah, I love, you know, the thing that I love about mindfulness is that for the most part, it doesn't require a significant chunk of time. It's usually very small spurts of time, right? That don't require um, us accumulating stuff and items or leaving our home or spending money on anything. It's, it's taking what we have at the moment and calming our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings and spending just those few seconds if needs be to kind of reconnect with ourselves. And so... I love that because sometimes I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm thinking, okay, I, I should probably, um, 
go down to my local rec center and attend a, an exercise class. But guess what? Uh, maybe the car's not around. Maybe I can't find a babysitter. Maybe it's not at the right time. And it's like, well, I'll just bag that entire thing. And so it doesn't have to be a big event in order to give ourselves that time that we need. It can be something very small, five minutes, mm -hmm. if, if that's all we got. Yeah. And there's a lot of apps out there now that can help you do that. I mean, Headspace is a great one as lots of short little mindfulness activities, or they have meditation things like that. So I, those are really helpful as well to me. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do think it's important that we bring up from this article is that it did make mention that a lot of times feeling this, this burnout for parents could potentially be an indicator of, um, some other maybe mental health struggles that a parent may be dealing with, some anxiety, some depression, whatnot. And so I feel like if we get to this point where we are feeling burned out, where we feel like we are giving and giving and giving until we, we can't give anymore, um, along with reaching out to our contacts, our resources, our friends and our family, it's doesn't hurt to reach out to our medical professionals as well too and get that advice um, because that's very real, you know, to experience uh, those sorts of feelings. And so I think let's not discredit that and, and remember that, that that is a very appropriate thing to do when we feel this as a parent. Absolutely. That's one great thing when I always, I just went to my doctor for some pain that I was having. And he's like, well, let's get to the bottom of this. I am here to help you. This is why I got into my field was to help people be able to feel better. And I feel like that's the majority of what our medical professionals, they want to help us. We've just got to ask them yeah. and be honest. So, well, I don't know about you, but I I love the fact that we're talking about this. <laughs> we're talking about it more. And, you know, I hope that, that you listeners out there have been able to, to connect with a few things. And if anything, to kind of have that moment to yourself where you think, oh, I am not alone. I have mm -hmm. felt this way and other people have too. And, and that's okay. That's okay to get to that point where, you know what, I'm a little bit stressed and overwhelmed, but I know what to do yeah. to get the help that I need. Yeah. I think normalization is the biggest thing that we can do for, for everyone that it is just, it's normal and it's okay. I want to thank all of you for listening today and hope that you are able to take some little nuggets for yourself and apply them to, to your days and to your weeks. I challenge you to do just some little mindfulness activities throughout this week and see if that makes a difference within your week. And it's not a bad idea to help your children do some mindfulness activities as well. If you're ever wanting to get in touch with Hillary or myself, you can reach us at parents at thefamilyplaceutah.org. 
or you can find me on Facebook, Jen Daily Dash The Family Place. We're also going to soon be adding a little something to our podcast, and that is a little part or a little segment called Ask Away. So this is for you to send in any questions that you may have. Um, one thing that we really would love to do is to find out questions that kids maybe have a hard time asking their parents. And then we can talk about how you can talk to your kids about those hard questions. We appreciate you. Remember to be kind to yourself and we'll see you next week.